Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome. Welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello and welcome back to the Haunted Estate with your host, Selena Spooky Boo Myers. And Joel. Wait, you need a just Joel. In the comments, decide what my catchphrase should be. No, like what should your name be? Let's literally talk about that for a second. Guys, it's been a whole week since we've seen you. Things have gone down in your life. I wish I knew what they were. But we love you. I might be wearing the same outfit as last time. Because it might actually just be literally uh, last like an hour since we recorded last we took like an hour break and adam was like don't say that but i'm an honest person and i can't not but you probably are going to notice a difference if you watched last week's episode we went to the mailbox and back and then we went and got face tattoos yeah we went and we got a bunch of face tattoos so joel over there he has a rose an arrow some dots and a lightning bolt <sighs> he's looking so i think it suits him if you think joel should get face tattoos let him know i think it makes him look hard as fuck Hundred thousand likes. If this no, this will not get a hundred. Will you YouTube, get one? If it gets a hundred thousand likes, a little one. Yeah. Or on my neck, maybe. On your neck. Okay. Do you guys think Joel and I should get matching tattoos? One hundred thousand likes, and we'll get matching tattoos. <laughs> yeah. So what do I have on my face? I forget. Selena's got a whole bunch of things going on. <laughs> there. The one side's a little busier than the other, so I'll start on the empty side. You got a heart, mm. which means I love my mom, right? It's either I love my mum or I killed someone. No, mm. <laughs> that's a teardrop. Kind of got a Viking thing going on here. Oh, on my nose bridge. The crisscross. Like, this is my favorite. Mm. You got stay weird, which is fitting for you. Mm, that's what I say. On her pop sockets. Uh, beautiful upright rose mm. next to the yin yang. I love yin yang. Mm. And then what are the fake ones on your arm? Oh, those ones are real. I, I actually told Joel today. He's like, you can see your tattoos. And I was like, what? Uh, I forget almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week that i have a ta- any tattoos let alone like the 13 that i have um and people in videos when i like go live they're like you have tattoos because for some reason people can't see through my bullshit to all my tattoos selena's like in the towel by the shower or whatever it's like oh, oh yeah <laughs> like one day i woke up and i saw his ghost on my arm and i was like oh, Whoa. oh yeah and do you know why all my tattoos are on my left arm uh you told me but again again attention whore um i was like that's the arm that sticks out when you're driving your car in canada in the warmth so i was like i'll look badass anyways if you see in front of me this is not an ab my husband is obsessed with sparkling water and it really grosses me out it's been growing over it's been growing on me the last little bit but 
This isn't sparkling water, but it's called Flow. And it's supposed to be collagen infused water that tastes like watermelon. And I just feel like it's going to be gross, but I want to like it. Mm. So I'm going to try it and then I'm going to throw it to you. What's the main thing in it? It's It's got 10 grams of grass fed collagen. Mm, Grass fed collagen. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. (laughs) I just know that when Adam eats grass fed meat, it really grosses me out. But it's Mm -hmm. just because I was raised on garbage. Okay, let me smell it. It smells good, but it also smells like... For all the people listening, the box is pink. It's like a big juice box. Well, the lid's going back on. Try so. it, I'm curious of your thoughts. Flow collagen-infused water, spring water, with natural watermelon flavor. I think it's just, it's not gross. It's just I expected it to have flavor. Why flow? The water you drink matters. Hmm. You shake it first? Oh, I did. What are you doing there, Joe? Nothing. I'm shaking the water. It's your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> right? Yes, I don't know. It smells weird. It's like weak water. It's water with like the fart of a watermelon. <laughs> it's like somewhat like a watermelon fart while hovering over, and I'm just blown away. It's just a weird water. <laughs> Oh, why is it bubbling? What the fuck? It looks like spit. (laughs) Anyways, guys, welcome back for your spooky taste of the week. Don't forget, if you have things that you would like to submit, if you have ideas and stories, head over to thehauntedestate.com, fill in that submission form over there, and let us know. What do you want to talk about? You want some of your story? I want to hear your story. Do you think you should come on the show? Are you interesting? literally send us a freaking message my dudes and on top of that if you want this podcast to keep coming out then you have to let us know that you love us so you have to head over to apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast and rate and review us please give me five stars because if you don't give me five stars if it ain't five stars it's zero stars right joel damn straight you mm-hmm. know people even write me on instagram they'll like ask me like if i send you a ghost story will you read it on the podcast I'm like yeah yeah of course we do get a lot i haven't been through them in a while but so no one no one sends me the stories well, they probably sent it to me. I have so many of them. I just haven't gone through them. Because here's the issue. People write and they'll be like, one time I lived in a house and a ghost slapped me in the tit. And that's it. So sometimes I have a hard time going through them. Or I can't read them because the grammar's so bad. And I'm just... Yeah. But anyways, this episode, it's going to be interesting. What are our topics? We have creepiest moments in history that you've probably never heard of. Ooh. Followed by nine notorious female serial killers. Well, you know what's interesting? I actually the other day, well, sorry, last year, was Googling. I'm like, who's like the most crazy serial killer in Canada? And it's the woman who lived on our street. Wet Lawfer. So <clears throat> in 2016, a woman turned herself in to the police because I think that they were closing in on her or something like that. I can i yeah sorry i don't know if it's true just what i heard i heard it was like you know there's like a self-help circle yeah they're like in a self-help circle and she'd like admitted during the self-help circle okay yeah that's probably it then that's yeah all i know is did you know she lived across the street from us i knew she lived on the scappy which is the street we grew up on at Mm -hmm. some point i don't which house though um i think it was like where the mcleans lived oh yeah yeah so she lived with her parents there Um, I just remember that a friend lived in her apartment building that she was in at the time and she ran into her in the elevator and she's like, yeah, I'm going to jail. I, uh, I'm just trying to find a home for my dog. Like so casually, she was just out living. So what happened was is she was a nurse and she was killing elderly patients, eight elderly patients under 10 years. 
she killed them with their insulin so oh, she gave it, them i thought it was more than eight wasn't it honestly i pulled it up really quick yeah Here. she she overdosed them with insulin right is how she killed them um yeah it was insulin related and actually one was a horvath which was crazy yeah. um elizabeth tracy maybethy wetlaufer is a convicted canadian serial killer and former registered nurse who confessed to murdering eight senior citizens and attempting to murder six others in southwestern ontario in 2007 to 2016 Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So it was with insulin. And the reason why she ended up going to this self-help thing is because she'd always worked in kind of long term, like older patients and stuff like that. And they were going to move her to a adolescent diabetes wing. So she was going to be working with teenagers and children with diabetes and she knew she wasn't going to be able to control herself and she was worried about killing a child Mm. so at least she kind of knew that that was like a part of it but i want to okay so confession arrest here we go what lawfer entered an inpatient drug rehabilitation program at the center for addiction and mental health a psychiatric hospital in toronto ontario september 16 2016 she confessed to camhs staff about killing or attempting to kill her patient leading them to notifying the College of Nurses of Ontario. She then emailed the CNO to resign as a registered nurse because she had deliberately harmed patients in her care and was now being investigated by the police for the same. Personally, she called an investigator from CNO and CAMH staff fax a four-page handwritten confession. Wetlawfer had confessed to killing patients several times prior to her confession at at CAMH, including to a lawyer who advised her to keep it a secret and was not reported to the police after providing police with a two-hour long confession she was formally charged with eight murders on october 25th after further investigation she was also charged with four counts of attempted murder and two counts of aggravated assault on january 13th 2017 what lawfer waived her right to a preliminary hearing and confessed to all charges in court on june 1st on June 26, she was sentenced to eight concurrent life terms in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. Her In her confession, Wetlawfer admitted that she knew the difference between right and wrong and that she was visited by surges she could not control. She said God or the devil wanted me to do it. After one murder, she felt the surging and then, in her own, laughed afterwards, which was really like a cackling from the pit of hell. Wetlaffer told police that she tried to stop killing and she had told friends, a former partner and her pastor, what she had done, but no one took her seriously. During the police interview, she described the laughter not as an audible laughter, but a feeling within her chest, visually using her hands. 
while feeling prompting for her to overdose and and kill as coming from her stomach region. Wetlawfer never claimed to derive pleasure from the killings, but stating that she felt horrible after murdering each victim. She's held at the Grand Valley Institution for Women in Kitchener, and in March 2018, she was transferred from Grand Valley to an unspecified secure facility in Montreal to receive medical treatment. So the one thing I do know is, like, she was, a huge part of it was, like, she was really, 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 really worried about, like, hurting kids, which, I don't know. But here's the thing, she was a nurse at Crescent Care, which blows my mind because that was across from like my high school and like we know people who live there like i had people who work here kind of like blew everyone's I mind drive by it all the time uh, right it's right over there so she ended up she started injecting her patients that she <clears throat> cared with with insulin and the amount was not enough to kill the patient so she was charged with aggravated assault and stuff like that but the first case which she injected a patient with enough to directly cause death was on august 11 2017 2007 when she murdered james silcox a World War II veteran and father of six. Through March 2014, Wetlawfer also murdered the following patients. Maurice, 84, Gladdy, 87, Helen, 95, Mary, 96, Helen, 90, and Marine, 79. Um, that blows my mind. And then, oh, and then there was, this was, this was the Horvath, um, uh, Sandra, 77, Beverly, 68. But it just blows my mind. Like, I think insulin must be hard to track or something, right? And it flushes out of the body really quickly. Okay. So. And uh, I Canadian True Crime, which is another podcast that I would suggest a good podcast. You love uh, it. Yeah, yeah. She does that podcast, does an entire episode on it. As Sorry. As well as the entire interrogation is on YouTube. And I watch the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And she's actually like out of it, whatever. Like she's sat, first sits down by the police and they're about to read her the rights. She's like, well, I have badminton in like an hour and a half. So can we hurry she was like that like just had no sense of the trouble can you she was in. imagine someone just out living like this and obviously people around her knew that she was like crazy but Not she just stable. didn't no one took it seriously like if you see something say something that is what you see something say something and like i feel like joel and i are that kind of person like anytime something i'm like pull over let's go and like, we, we do need going to, to stratford what did we do going to stratford yesterday Oh, we saw an eagle fly over top and it was, it had an animal in its jaws and then it dropped it at the side of the road. I'm like, Joel, we're here for a moment. Like for a reason, we slammed on the brakes and Joel just like crawls up into a snowbank. Uh, uh, it was dead. It was, dead. <laughs> it was a but we, we would have helped it. Yeah, of course we would have. have. Animals are everything. But yeah, we will get into serial killers and stuff like that. But we're definitely going to start with the creepiest moments in history. So let us know. Did you know about this? If you're on YouTube or, you know, you want to send me a message did you know this shit <laughs> oh man it's crazy uh so our first creepiest moment of history uh the disturbing painted that painting that predicted hitler something about this one that is really weirds me out in 1889 a prolific painter franz von stuck created a harrowing piece that depicts a german god Wotan leading a possession of the dead between the look of the anguish on the faces of the damned and the soulless eyes of Wotan the painting is not exactly something that one would hang in their living room but here's the really creepy part it's a painting it was done the same year 
it was completed the same year Adolf <coughs> Hitler was born and it was said to be one of Hitler's favorite paintings and let's not beat around the bush here it looks exactly like him I supplied a little photo yeah, here yeah it does it has the haircut the mustache and here's another thing Wotan was not a very nice god in German mythology or whatever in fact he was a god of war and upon his awakening awakening legend said he would do basically just what's depicted in the painting he would essentially lead and march a army of the dead through germany franz von stuck know what he was did he know what he was creating or was it just a bizarre coincidence Ooh. this painting like it looks like a guy like it, it looks, looks like, like hitler. hitler on a horse and behind them is an army of the damned oh jesus it kind of like it reminds me of like probably what the gas chambers were like honestly this is worth googling to see yeah guys it's really it's really really scary it's kind of weird when things line up like that and you're like whoa yeah the universe small world that's crazy next up politician bud dwyer's on-air suicide You've either never heard of Bud Dwyer in your life, or you wish you'd never heard of Bud Dwyer. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Dwyer was a member of Pennsylvania State Senate, and most notably, the 30th Treasurer of Pennsylvania. But something went wrong. In the early 80s, the state discovered its employees had overpaid federal taxes due to errors in withholding. Accounting firms lost their shit competing for the multi-million dollar contract to fix the mess. Supposedly, Dwyer had received a bribe from a firm in California who had wanted the contract. He maintained his innocence but was convicted and scheduled to be sentenced on those charges on January 23rd, 1987, which leads to January 22nd, 1987. Dwyer called a press conference the day before his sentencing and the media went nuts. Assuming he was going to resign from office, reporters showed up in droves, ready to get the top story. Dwyer began reading what people described as a rambling polemic about the criminal justice system, where he speculated on his sentencing, which was a maximum of 55 years in prison and a $300,000 fine. He restated that he was innocent and had not participated in any illegal activities. Then, he stopped reading from his prepared text, leaving out the last page which contained the true reason for the press conference. He began handing out envelopes to his staffers. Those in attendance immediately began pleading with him to put the gun down. Dwyer tried to continue his speech, but kept people from trying to approach him at bay, telling them, don't, 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 this will hurt someone. After only about 15 seconds, Dwyer put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger, committing suicide in front of a live midday television audience. He died instantly. In the unread page from his prepared text, Dwyer stated that his suicide was meant to be a sacrifice to encourage the development of true justice system here in the United States. Many years later, the main witness in his trial admitted to lying under oath about Dwyer taking the bribe effectively clearing his name far too late oh. i've watched i've watched the video i before selena and i were just going over the topics and she knew this story mm-hmm. which is crazy um just, i watched i watched like this whole thing on on youtube and it was like live tv deaths oh, wow. it was disturbing that's on youtube yeah there's a lot of shit on youtube bro that's crazy it's just it seems like so often the justice system fails us fails you screws us honestly 
two <sighs> negatives. I remember like after the whole Tory Stafford thing and they had moved Terry McClintock to a like rehabilitation place uh, where she was living open and free. And I couldn't believe that. They didn't tell anyone. Sick to my stomach. And I put out this huge video and it like went, and this was before TikTok or anything and it went big viral. On Facebook, yeah. Yeah, it went big viral. And I remember like news outlets reaching out and like weird stuff. And then Trudeau like had her moved back or something. Uh, All I know is... <laughs> everything scares me man oh like here if someone's like you murdered this person where were you and i'm like no one can ever account for where i am because i'm always sitting in my damn bed yeah do you know what i mean <laughs> like how how could i prove like last night that i was playing video games from 10 to midnight well you could probably like, track on your computer but like who says it was you playing <sighs> let this note i'll never kill anyone yeah <laughs> this is my alibi right now <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> this next one David Parker Ray's reign as the toy box killer. Considering how truly and utterly insane this guy was, I'm surprised he's not one of the more well-known serial killers. And that may be due to one simple fact. David Parker Ray has totally confirmed victim count of zero, but he's suspected to have taken part in the sexual torture and murder between 14 and 60 women. Dude... His victims woke up in an old mobile home that Ray spent $100,000 customizing into his very own torture chamber. Dude, that's fucked. Which he finally, fondly called his toy box. It was stocked with what he called his friends, whips, chains, straps, clamps, surgical blades, and a homemade electrical d- device he used for some really awful purposes. It's bad enough that there was one guy who was willing to do these things to innocent women, but to get this, Ray had at least two other accomplices, one being his own daughter. You can find the transcripts online to the tapes he played for his captives that laid out the rules, but their stay for their stay, but I warn you, they are extremely disturbing. Here's a little taste. The very first things the victim heard upon waking up in hell. Hello there. Are you comfortable? I doubt it. Ew. What a sadist. That's really weird. Like, did you guys hear? I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. That is, can you imagine just having like this trailer and being like, yeah, that's my dungeon. Ugh. That's so dark. Rest in peace. I'm so sorry. You imagine haven't... zero confirmed though. Like, where'd they go? They like, got away with it, essentially. Like, where are they? They probably never found them, right? Gosh. June and Jennifer Gibbons, the silent twins. Here's a great example of how a little online sleuthing can really inspire an author. After stumbling upon June and Jennifer Gibbons, I immediately wrote a piece about my own fair spooky twins. While my story is fictional, the story of the silent twins isn't. It's just as eerie, with a mysterious, tragic end. June and Jennifer Gibbons were born in the Barbados and moved with their parents to Wales after their birth. Life was hard for the daughters of the Caribbean immigrants. They were the only black children in their community not popular in school, and spoke so quickly that it was hard for anyone outside the family to understand what they were saying. After being bullied and ostracized, their language became even more difficult to interpret and eventually became completely unintelligible. The twins began to speak only to each other and their younger sister. Therapy didn't work, and sending them to boarding school caused them to go completely catatonic. Catatonic. Sorry, that word is always going to be catatonic. When separated. As many children who don't fit in tend tend to do. The twins found an outlet through creative writing. Their stories were usually set in the United States and revolved around young men and women exhibiting strange criminal behavior. They penned a few novels and tried selling their pieces to magazines without success. 
So, understandably, they turn to the glamorous life of crime. Who wouldn't? Rejection sucks. After being charged with a number of illegal activities, including arson, they were committed to Broadmoor Hospital, a high-security insane asylum. They remained there for 14 years, silent and despondent. Sad, yes, but not really all that creepy, right? Well, according to a journalist, Marjorie Wallace, the twins had a long-standing agreement that if one died, the other was supposed to get their shit together and start living a normal life. During their years in the mental hospital, they became obsessed with the idea that one of them had to die for the other one to speak again. Like a champ, Jennifer decided to be the sacrifice. In March of 1993, they were transferred to a clinic with less security. Upon arriving, Jennifer didn't wake up. She was rushed to the hospital and soon died after of acute myocarditis, a sudden inflammation of the heart. Doctors were stumped and there was no evidence of drugs or poison in her system. And she'd never had heart problems before. Weird, right? And guess what? June did get her shit together. No longer committed to a mental institution, she lives a quiet life near her parents. She was even quoted to saying, I'm free at last liberated and at last jennifer had given her life for me so basically jennifer took one for the team literally what has your sister done for you lately jeez that's crazy that's bananas i'll just go back to back here uh this one's called the train wreck that killed over a hundred circus performers dude Ugh. clowns freak you out I I don't like clowns. No, I don't like I don't like clowns. I don't like people in mascot costumes. Mascot costumes too. Eh? I don't like mascot costumes more than anything. I don't like clowns. I don't like mascot costumes. So I guess you're not a furry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll admit it. I oh there you go. I fall into the category of people creeped out by clowns. Mm. I mean, sure, I don't want. Sure, I don't want to murder me or anything, but I just don't have the versicurial reaction visceral visceral reaction to clowns that a lot of other people seem to do however the idea is catastrophic train wreck where massive massive numbers of circus performers were mutilated beyond recognition that's a visual that will keep me up at night early in the morning of june 22nd 1918 alonzo sergeant was operating a michigan central railroad train with 20 empty empty cars he'd been following close behind a circus train going considerably slower and a whoopsie doodle fell asleep at the wheel the 26 car circus train had stopped to check a hot box but sergeant was a little was a little nap so his train plowed into the caboose and the four rear sleeping cars an estimated 35 miles per hour most of the 104 dead were killed in less than a minute after collision. The wreck burst into flames and many of the bodies couldn't be identified due to the severity, severity of the injuries. So most casualties are unmarked graves or unknown male or unknown female. In that case, that's not creepy enough. You've also got graves marked Smiley and Baldy after oh. the clowns. Plus the confirmed deaths of the great Dursericks brothers, a strongman duo, duo Jenny Ward Todd, the Flying Wards, if you're interested, you can see them on the Showman's Rest in Forest Park, Illinois. A historic tragedy, but there's just something undeniably haunting about the idea of an early 20th century circus wandering the tracks at night, searching for their final final performance that will never come. Go on. That's the end. Yeah, what's the next one called? Oh, <laughs> 
Tara and Calico, the mysterious Polaroid. I just took a Polaroid picture of Joel for the ones that that are that are listening. <laughs> Selena, Selena and I are really into Polaroids lately. Or I'm Selena really into is. it. I'm really into On it. On September 20th, 1988, 19, <clears throat> 19-year-old Tara Calico went on a morning bike ride in her hometown of Berlin, New Mexico, and she never came back. Almost a year later, on June 15th, 1989, a Polaroid photo was found in the parking lot of a convenience store in Port St. Joe, Florida. The photo showed an unidentified young woman and an unidentified boy, both with gagged oh, I know and this bound. One. Uh, I, I know this one. one. There was speculation on the identity of the boy eventually fell through, leaving who he was was a mystery, but Tara's mother insists the woman in the photo is her daughter. There's a definite resemblance, but the biggest clues were a scar on her leg, similar to the one Tara had gotten in a car accident, in the V.C. Andrews book in the photo, which happened to be one of Tara's favorite books. Scotland Yard says it is her, and the Los Amelis National Laboratory says it isn't her, but the FBI has no clue. <laughs> and to make matters even more insidious, two more Polaroid photographs that are similar to the one found have surfaced since her disappearance, but they have yet to be shown to the public. Nearly 27 years later, no one has even close to an idea of what happened to Tara Calico, if she's still alive, or who the boy in the photograph with her is. That's dark, boy. That's so sad. I, I feel I, so bad for everyone who has missing loved ones that just oh. never were found. Imagine dying and just not knowing. Just, okay, I don't show up tomorrow. Truck's still in the driveway. I'm telling you right now, I would never stop trying Done. to find you. I would never stop. Like one time, Carissa, for all the followers, my fiance, uh, we didn't know where she was for like a half an hour. <laughs> She's banging on the neighbor's door. Some guy's walking her dog. Have you seen this woman? Like... You couldn't go missing with Selena looking for you. <laughs> honestly, I was on it. I was calling everyone. We were going through her socials. We were seeing the last time she was active on things. We were trying to find her snap map. I was asking people to walk by. We were going to neighbors. Where was she? Down in the woods. She was in the woods in the darkness. Just out for a walk. I remember one time too. Like this was a long time ago. And she, her phone wasn't on. Like you're in the dark. Your car was in the driveway. And we're like, where's... She never came in to say hi. She just pulled in the driveway and went for a walk. <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember what time? I don't know. Something about you couldn't get a hold of Brian or Brian was skirting you or something. <laughs> and like dad's telling the story to Diana about like, you know what Selena's like? She's there. She's banging on the door. She's banging on the windows. She's calling. She's hearing the ring on the inside. Like, Where are you? Like, you know? Yeah. So Carissa comes with us <laughs> over there because I'm like, dad, like I need you for backup. We get to the door. We've investigated the whole house. We're calling. No one's answering. Then I hear in the door. I'm like, Brian? And I can hear him far away. And he's like, help i fell i'm like you fell and i'm like yeah and i'm like did you fall down the stairs and he's like yeah and carissa to this day laughs about it because i grabbed the screen door which was double hooks like double leg hooks <laughs> and i just like popped it right off the frame ripped the things out of the wall and just like barrel cop kicked the door in yeah yeah he was just uh, a little fucked up <laughs> well, you think he'd taken his medication twice he had taken too much medication uh, yeah you Definitely. know like he takes like morning pills and night pills but he got them confused it took twice what he should have yeah yeah but he was in the basement on the floor in the pitch black just because he was a little too fucked up yeah we've been there we've all been there i haven't been there you remember when we did the painting yeah but i could take care of my you were the one who could you can't even remember you blacked out yeah whose fault is that mine mm-hmm. i'm too pushy what's the next topic Twenty thousand orphan children who became mental patients thanks to the canadian government <sighs> that's sad i'm i wonder what this is I'll be totally honest here. 
I didn't find this story online on my own. I heard about it from the movie Tusk. We should watch it, Joel. And looked it up, so it kind of counts, okay? Anyways, in the 1950s, the premier of Quebec was Maurice Dolpesis, and he was a super staunch Catholic. He decided that the church should be the sole caretaker of the poor, alcoholics, orphans, and unwed mothers. Good idea, in theory, right? Duplessis said that he trusted them completely and signed over responsibility of schools, orphanages, and hospitals to the Catholic Church. Well, there were a few problems with that plan. A lot of orphans were actually born to parents who weren't married, but the church didn't approve, so they were sent away. So not only were the orphanages fuller than what they should have been, but the Quebec government didn't get enough money to subsidize the orphanages. They did a little math and found out that they were getting a dollar twenty-five a day for orphans, but two seventy-five a day for psychiatric patients. Oh. Here's where it gets really screwed up. There was an old law called Lor sous les Esclis de Alenes which in English is the Lunatic Asylum Act. So you could commit someone to an insane asylum for three reasons. To care for them, to help them, or a security measure to maintain social order. So the idea of social order is not being directly defined or translated into the 20,000 orphans being deemed mentally deficient. Suddenly, there were a lot less orphans and a hell lot more psychiatric patients. Weird how that worked out. These kids were subjected to weird treatments including sexual mental and physical abuse all for a little extra cash not to mention the drug testing and medical experiments because you know they were mentally deficient so guess that's a good excuse the 1960s ushered out the end of the asylum era but the damage was done for most of the former patients about 78 percent of the orphans from this time period recorded difficulty maintaining a normal healthy adult existence they dubbed themselves the dupless orphans or the maurice dupless whose poor decisions left them ruined and destroyed countless lives as of today the catholic church has refused to apologize i am sorry but the catholic man throughout all of history specifically in canada where we live the catholic church and the canadian government Boy, I don't know if he can be more evil. Honestly, I don't know if he can be more evil. It just blows my mind that like people think of Canada and they think of this like amazing place, but it's just like we have so much dirty history that's hidden and so much is even going down right now. We're not even going to talk about it. I don't want to. It's you not know, a political. We're podcast. not. Gonna, this is not a political <laughs> podcast. But just the Catholic Church, man. It's so scary. Yeah. Uh, our second category for this: yeah. nine notorious female serial killers. Boom, boom, boom. Funny, we did our whole wet lawfare thing maybe yeah. we should have done this category first. yeah that's fine. <laughs> but regardless like a lot of people think that serial killers are only dudes a lot of murderers are only dudes but hey here you go baby a lot of girl killers eh? mm-hmm. a lot of girl killers uh this one the giggling nanny ooh, <laughs> just ooh. nanny doss's list of victims included those who were closest to her ooh. four of her five husbands her mother <gasps> her sister her grandson and her mother-in-law Uh, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding I like Lucy Her arsenic-infused slayings took place across four states And she became known as the Giggling Granny Due to her tendency to laugh merrily during interrogations Uh, I was searching for the perfect mate, the real romance of life What the heck So next one here, Elizabeth Bathright Um, 
I really love this story. Well, I don't love it. Obviously, it's horrible for Syracuse, but it's just so historical at this point that it's interesting. Do you and know I, this one? Yeah. Of course I do. She's Hungarian. The Blood Countess? Yes. Ooh. This movie's better. Hungarian, which is what we are. Hungarian noble Elizabeth Bathory was was down as one of the most ruthless killers in European history. You know what's crazy? She was literally like 14 wow. when she was doing this. You know, you always hear things in the past. People are like, 18, 17. They're like the teenage like You're not mentally old enough to be Egypt. a grown-up. Yeah, like, I'm still not old enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. Between 1585 and 1610, Bathroy was believed to have tortured and killed nearly 650 girls. Mostly teenage peasants. Though she used her family's influence to avoid execution, after being caught, the countess was forced to remain in her castle for the rest of her life with a brick wall erected at her door. Jesus. Yeah, dude, she was messed up. You know more of the story, eh? Yeah, so she was 14 years old, and, like, she had, like, a young lover, I think, and, like, their just whole thing was just, like, killing people and, like, having baths in their blood. Oh, yeah, because they thought it kept her young. Well, Isn't that, that? That might be in New, York, New Orleans, or is that, that one. Movie? I feel like we're mixing stories here, but it's along those lines. She just loved killing. It was like Ugh. her thing. Yeah. That's weird. I was like, you have a beer? She slits some throats. Oh, I love beer. Amelia Dyer, <laughs> the reading baby farmer. Ooh. Uh, Although Amelia Dyer was tried and hanged for only one murder, claims state that many other victims died by her hand in Victoria, England. Trained as a nurse, she eventually took the path of a baby farmer, someone who welcomed infants into her home and received payments for care and wet nursing. But Amelia never took care of the children. Instead, she let them die by neglect and pocketed the money. Yeah, she like literally would just leave them in beds until they died. Oh, man. That's so fucking... Can you imagine you think you're doing something good for your kid? I saw a movie like that. I forget what it's called. It might be Lemiz. Is Lemiz one? Lemiz? I don't know. She like leaves her daughter to be taken care of and they keep saying like oh she's sick she needs money and she was like selling her hair and selling her teeth until she finally died Jesus. yeah it's really sad <clears throat> jolly jane jane toppin in 1931 jay toppin confessed to 31 murders and was found not guilty by reason of insanity a sadistic nurse nurse who manipulated hospital reports she took to experimenting with morphine and atrophine on her patients after administering a lethal dose of drugs, she would sit with them and hold the patients until they died. The killer angel claimed that her goal was to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Oh, my Dude, God. Dude, why are so many of them nurses? People attacking... Yeah, I know. Uh, the demon midwife. At the end of World War II in 1940s Japan, a midwife carried out a truly disturbing infanticide? Infanticide. Infanticide. Yeah. Along with accom accomplices... Maiki Ashikawa murdered about 103 children. As she saw, the children of poor people had no chance in this world. She was simply putting out putting them out of their future misery. Even though she only received a four-year sentence for her crimes, her killing sp spree remains the bloodiest in Japanese history. Bro, that's fucked. Jesus. The death house landlady, Dorothea Punte? Dorothea Punte earned a grisly nickname because of the heartless crimes she carried out in Sacramento, California boarding house. Her motive? Money. Over the course of six years, she poisoned numerous elderly and mentally disabled boarders in order to collect their social security checks. 
That's crazy. Like, how big is a social security check, really? Like, a couple hundred bucks a month. It's not even but say you got, good. say it's a thousand bucks, you kill eight people a month, then you have eight thousand dollars a month. Yeah, but then you have to kill a thousand people. I, I mean, know. I feel like I watched a movie about this. <laughs> that was bad, Bob. That was good math, Joel. That's good math. <laughs> this next one. Uh, the Florida Highway Killer. Uh, between 1989 and 1990, Aline Waronos murdered seven men. Her notorious killing spree ended up on the big screen with the movie Monster. I was right. That's what it was called. We were oh. talking about this earlier. Aline supported herself and her love, Tyria, through prostitution. She claimed her murders were carried out in self-defense against men who were attempting rape, but the court felt the bullet-ridden bodies told a different tale. She was executed by the state of Florida by lethal injection in 2002. You should listen to her final words. It was actually pretty crazy. What were they? Like she was just talking about like it's some shit that made sense but like obviously don't kill people she'd be spitting facts <laughs> she'd be spitting some facts but like spitting don't kill facts. people um the old lady killer <laughs> juana barraza became known as la metevistias the old lady killer for the death of 11 elderly women and most likely more a professional wrestler barzaras had a troubled childhood and an alcoholic mother who let men rape her in exchange for beer her deep resentment towards her mother resulted in the brutal murders of solitary old women whom she also robbed. Today, she is serving a 759-year sentence in a Mexican prison. Can you imagine after you die, like, you would have any stuff to finish, like, your jail and you're in jail for, like, That's how it works. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Uh, the soap maker of Correggio. There you go. Leonardo Sinsauli. The typical was the typical Italian housewife. She baked tea cakes and made homemade soap, except her recipes included a secret ingredient, human flesh. <laughs> when she heard that her beloved son, Giuseppe, was to be drafted in the Italian army, she believed that the only way to protect him in battle was by human sacrifice. What? So between 1939 and 1940... Cian Saluli murdered three women in Corrigio, Italy. She would offer her victims a glass of drugged wine before killing them with an axe. She then cut up the corpses to make tea cakes, which were often served to her family and friends. As for the soap, she and her husband used it, used it for bathing. So they would have like rendered the fat for soap? He used fat for soap. That's right? That was very Sweeney Todd sounding. At least she drugged them so they were asleep when they died. Yep, still killed still bones. killing people at least a little compassionate still that's killed lots well guys what have we learned from this episode don't kill people Terrible. don't be a serial killer um don't be weird don't be murdery don't haunt people don't don't be mean okay i hope that you enjoyed this episode of the haunted state with selena hey joel and don't forget try we're gonna try and figure out joel a name because i'm selena spooky boo you need to be like joel gigolo wait a gigolo is a hugger mm. male hugger joel you know, my one friend was like you gotta be selena spooky bro yeah i'm selena spooky boo you're joe spooky bro joe spooky bro maybe i don't know we'll Maybe. see anyways guys don't forget the life is weird the world is weird don't make a permanent decision on temporary feeling because things will get better because when they're down they're going to come up no matter how long you've been down you're going to come back up and everything can change overnight it has for me so guys stay weird stay spooky boo crew and stay true to yourself Mwah! Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.